Jesus, just thank you. Thank you for this reminder today. And we pray right now, God, right now in this moment, we, we believe. We, we believe you change everything. We believe, we confess with our faith that we believe you are alive. And I pray, Spirit of God, that you would speak. I pray that the, these words, these familiar, beautiful, hopeful words would pop out of the pages of your word and they would go into every corner of our heart. I pray, Jesus, that we would come to recognize just not that you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that you are the one who reigns, that you, you are the one on the mountain in all your glory and majesty. You are the one on the donkey in all your humility and power. You were the one on the cross forgiving our sin, but you're not in the tomb. And you are waiting for all who will believe and receive you in our hearts. We pray this together in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are wrapping up our series, Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? As I was thinking about this series, I was reminded of this old book I used to read as a kid called Where's Waldo? You remember this? If you don't, I would encourage you to go check it out or get it for your kids. It was these crazy scenes and all of this going, all this action going on with hundreds if not thousands of characters and you're looking for Waldo. Some people said in my uh, younger years when I was a little thinner that he may have been my doppelganger, I don't know. But this idea of looking for where's for Waldo, looking all over, and it was kind of like, 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 like sometimes it, took, it was really, really difficult to find Waldo. But once you found him, it's like you, you knew where he was. You could never look at that page again without knowing exactly if you, if you had a memory uh, of where Waldo was. And it reminds me of this series we're in, this question of where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And as we've been asking this question, we've been looking at all the different places, some, some really important places in the Lenten story, the Easter story, where we see Jesus. We see him on a mountain in the transfiguration. And we see all the glory and the power and the majesty of, of, of who Jesus is, God himself on the mountain. And then we see him on Palm Sunday riding in on a donkey, riding in as king, riding in as the king, the promised Messiah, but riding in in this humility, riding in in this upside down way, not coming to take over Rome, but coming to beat something far greater, coming to deal with death and sin. And then we see a tomb, and we think about this tomb, and we recognize that as we look for Jesus, he's not there. He's not in the tomb. And the question is, where is Jesus? And as we ask this question, a second question I would ask you that I think helps us frame and understand this important foundational fundamental question is where are you? 
Where are you? Right now in this moment, where are you? Or maybe I, I could say it differently, what are you looking for? What are you looking for in life? What are you living for? What, 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 what are you running after? Maybe for some of us, you're looking for success in a career. For some of us, we're in school trying to get the education to grow. For some of us, we're, 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 we're running after these dreams or these aspirations someday. For some of us, it's about our family. For some of us, if we're being honest, maybe you haven't really thought about this question. And maybe I'm not really looking for anything. I'm just kind of going through the motions. I felt a little bit of that this Easter season. Getting so busy or so full or just kind of blah that at times I forget to even be looking for life itself and just to kind of be going through the motions. As you sit here in this moment and you reflect on this question, I would just like you to kind of just take some personal inventory. What are you looking for? What are you living for? In this text that we're reading in Matthew chapter 28, we see these two women coming. Their names are Mary. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they're coming to the tomb. And right here in verse one, we learn something, and as we ask this question, what are you looking at, what are you looking for, we see Mary, both Marys coming, and we see them looking at death. They're looking at death. If you know the story, you know that Mary Magdalene, just earlier in the story, had been anointing the very feet of Jesus anticipating his, his reign as the king, weeping over his feet, a woman who, who was once a demonic, who was possessed, and who experienced Jesus heal her completely, and she has all this hope, but then she comes to the tomb, and she's looking at this tomb. It tells us that after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to see the tomb. They're looking at the tomb, and they're looking at this tomb, and they're looking at death. You think Mary, mother of Jesus, we remember just, we're just out of the Christmas season of holding this, this baby, the promised Messiah, of thinking about, about, about this child that she raised and all that she got to see him do to see the incredible breaking in of the kingdom, the incredible power of God himself healing blind men and women, bringing dead people to life and yet looking at a tomb and seeing death. And for some of us, as we ask this question of what we're looking for, perhaps this relates a little bit to you. Perhaps as you think about life, as you think about this last year, you think about just the things that you've been through, perhaps you find yourself looking at more dark and lonely or maybe loss 
missing a loved one. And even though these holidays are meant to bring life and meant to be nostalgic and have all of these things, you're, you're thinking about someone who's gone before. You're missing someone. And perhaps you're in a space of looking at death. And we see this in the Marys. But I'm so grateful that the story of Jesus doesn't end with them looking at an empty tomb. Because as we follow along in this story, they go from looking at death, hear this, to looking for resurrection. To looking for resurrection. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to just read through this incredible, true story. It says, and behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and they became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, and he said, come, see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he indeed has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee, there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they, the woman, departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. This struck me as I was reading this. The, the woman leaving with fear and great joy. I anticipate they're, they're leaving the tomb or they're, they're on their way and they're thinking, could it be true? Could this empty tomb truly be a sign that Jesus is alive as the angel said? Or, or maybe they're starting to have a little bit of cynicism break in and there's a little bit of fear of maybe thinking, well, maybe if someone actually took the body, maybe, he, maybe this is a big joke. Maybe all of these, the, 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 these hopes and these prayers that I had are not true and they're looking for resurrection, and there's a little bit of question here. There's fear and there's joy. There's an anticipation here. And I, I believe this is a part of our faith as well. We're looking for resurrection. One of the things I love that we do here at our, at our church is we have this tradition of the, the Easter lilies. You can see these Easter lilies as you were walking in. You can see a list of people, are, many from our church, in, in honor of those who have gone before us, those who have passed away. They purchased these Easter lilies. And Easter lilies are these beautiful flowers that, that literally when they see the sunlight, some of them haven't even, I'm gonna say hatched. I know that's not the right word. <laughs> Bloomed, there it is. As they hatch, with the sun shining in, it's a belief that grandpa or grandma or this child, it was taken from me. That death is not the end. That we believe that every single name here 
who has put their faith in Jesus, we're looking for resurrection for them. We're believing that there's resurrection for them and there's this fear and this joy and this confidence about it. And I believe there's a little bit of a taste here in the Marys as they're running and they're thinking, could it be? And there's a little bit of, uh, of this in us as we think about resurrection and what it means and the songs that we're singing and wondering, could this be true? Is Jesus really resurrected? And does he really resurrect those who believe in him? Could this be true for my grandpa? Could this be true for my child? Could this be true for this dear spouse? And we're looking for resurrection and believing in resurrection. And this is so much a part of the gathered community on Easter. As we celebrate resurrection, it's not just for us. It's for all of us to believe that there is eternal life. And so you can see in this moment Yes, they start off by looking at death, but then they start to go into this looking for resurrection. But what I love in this story and what I hope you can experience today or be strengthened of or reminded of today is that the Marys, they don't just look for resurrection in this story, they look at resurrection. They look at resurrection. There's no doubt in their mind. It says, behold, Behold, Jesus met them, and he said this, greetings. I don't know why, but that word this year just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like the first thing that Jesus says to these women as they're running with this fear and anxiety is greetings. Reminds me in our services, we do a gospel welcome, this reminder that Jesus welcomes us. And as Jesus is there to see these women, he is welcoming them. He's right there being like, here I am. Greetings, it's good to see you. What's for lunch? He says, greetings. And they see him. And they're welcomed by him. And it says, they came up and they took hold of his feet. They grabbed his feet. And what did they do? They worshiped him. They worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. I know you got that joy and a little bit of fear. This may be creeping you out a little bit. I was just on the cross and now I'm here. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there... They will see me. If you have your Bible or your Bible app, I would encourage you to circle or highlight that word. They will see me. I believe this is the call of resurrection. That we aren't just a people that are supposed to be looking for resurrection. We are invited to be looking at resurrection. At the very face of Jesus. Where's Jesus? Where is Jesus? This is the question. Where is Jesus? As you ask yourself, what are you looking for? As we look for Jesus, where is 
Jesus, I could tell you, just earlier in this service, as we were singing, the resurrected king is resurrected me, and I could hear the, 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 the people of God singing these truths. I felt like, yes, Jesus is right here. Jesus is right here with me in this worship. He is, he is with us. As I think about the, the, the life of the church, as I think about all that I see, and, I've, and I'm wondering, and I'm asking this question, where is Jesus? I believe that he's around the family dinner table as families gather together, and they pray together, and they're, they're, they're looking at his word together, and they're seeking his face. I believe that he's in that hospital bed with that, that, that dear saint that is, that is in the final hours of their life, confessing faith. He's there. I believe he's also in those dark, hard moments when we have our questions, when we have our doubts. And the thing about this question we've been asking, the thing about what we believe the gospel to be true is the answer to the question, where is Jesus, hinges on faith, on being a people who believe and receive. This is so paramount to these songs that we sing being true. Because I love, as you think about this question and seeing Jesus in all these places, we can, if we're not careful, spend so much time learning about who Jesus is and all the places he's done and all the things that, that, that he's accomplished and all the wonderful stories about how Jesus has changed everything. But the most important thing that Jesus wants to change is our hearts. And the reason that he came to earth, the reason that God the Father sent his son to die on a cross for our sins, the reason that he resurrected is so that he can go from that throne into the hearts of those who believe. And we believe that, that, that heaven, that paradise, is not just something we hope to get to. That it is actually the very presence of God in and with his people. And so when we declare in faith every single week on earth as it is in heaven, we believe that because of Jesus, we can experience him now. So my question, where is Jesus in that poem that we wrote, it says, how does it go? It says, where is Jesus? He's here waiting for you. Who? You. Is this Jesus in you? Is this Jesus in you? A wonderful thinker, philosopher, scientist, a guy by the name of Blaise Pascal reflected on this at a time of, of a lot of doubts and a lot of questions. And he had these powerful words. He said, there is a God-shaped vacuum, or some would say a hole, in the heart of every person, which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ. I believe that we're all looking for something. And yet, my conviction, my hope, is that you would know, that we would know together, that the one that we're looking for is Jesus and he's available and he's alive. And that right now today, 
that all who are here would know that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left its crimson stain, but he washed me white as snow. That because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know I have a savior. My life is worth the living because he lives. My prayer is today that you would know that Jesus is alive. And if you have not put your faith in him, if you have not said, Jesus, I believe, if maybe you have not said, Jesus, I receive, that today you would receive. That you would join in being a part of a community that believes that Jesus is not just reigning all about, he's reigning in the hearts of his people. And the kingdom of God is the reign of the king in the hearts of his people. In a few moments, we're gonna see one of my favorite songs. It's a song called, The King of My Heart. It's a song that we sing together about confessing faith that the best way to live as third day people, as people of the resurrected king, is to live under the rule of King Jesus. To live believing that he is good and that he will never let us down. As we sang today, he won't. My prayer for you on this Lord's day, this day of worship as we celebrate the risen king, is that as we sing this song, that you would see Jesus. That just like Mary went and told the disciples and Jesus said, they will see me, I believe that we can see Jesus. We can see him in our worship, we can see him in this community, in faith community, we can see him in a father loving his children sacrificially, a husband loving his wife as Christ has called him to, a wife caring and loving her husband, grandparents, church community loving one another, serving the least of these. This is how we see Jesus, and it starts within. Amen? So what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray, and we got a room full of people, and I love when we get to sing these truths together. So please sing. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful, Lord, that as I reflect on this truth of where is Jesus, Jesus, that I've seen you, that I see you. And just like those old Where's Waldo books, once I see you, I can never stop seeing you. You're everywhere. Paradise is everywhere on earth as it is in heaven. But Lord, we confess, we get distracted, we get discouraged, we get let down. But you, Jesus, say, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly. And behold, you will find rest for your souls. Jesus, I just pray as we join in singing together that you are the king of our hearts. I pray right now in this moment, if you, Spirit of God, are stirring up in anybody here, anybody watching online, and perhaps they've never just said, I believe in Jesus. 
Perhaps we've never actually done the prayer to say, I receive Jesus. I need Jesus to reign in my heart. And you tell us, Jesus, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you will be saved. And you're waiting. And I pray right now, if anybody here is in that space, that they would just pray this with me. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, would you be the king of my heart? I am a sinner in need of grace. I've been living in death. I've been living in my own flesh, but Jesus, you are alive, and the resurrected king has resurrected me, so I believe, and I receive you right now in this moment. And I pray, Jesus, that you would be the king of my heart. And we pray together in faith, Christ our Lord, that you have indeed risen. Come, Lord Jesus, come, as we worship you, as we receive you together. May you strengthen hard, broken, weary hearts. Have your way, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.